If you know how. Yeah. You figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I do. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of uh, Thoughts from Lucky Street. I have with me here today my good old cousin, Aaron Barnett. Um, now, Aaron has a plethora of credentials that go towards um, basically coaching and working out and weightlifting. And uh, just to name them off, um, and if I get these wrong and butcher them, just, you know, go ahead and correct me at it. Um, but she's got a master's degree in sports coaching from University of Denver with level one coaching certifications from USA weightlifting, track and field, and functional movement systems. Additionally, he is a certified strength and conditioning specialist from the National Strength and Conditioning Association. And last but not least, he's a corrective exercise specialist and a performance enhancement specialist from the National Academy of Sports Medicine. So did I, did I get those all right? Yeah, you got them all right. <laughs> what uh? So like, why why did you want so many? I guess um, why did you want this? <laughs> so many certifications. Well, it's really not about the certs. It's about the learning, and the easiest way to force yourself or myself to go learn those things was to just pay money to enroll on a certification, uh, because then that kind of forces me to have some skin in the game, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, you know, I started, I started learning just by teaching myself when I was in college. Um, but then, you know, I wanted to take it more serious. So I knew that if I actually enrolled in the certification courses, I would put more effort into learning the material. Yeah, no, that's fair. Very fair. It's just a very, uh, it's extensive. And like you said, we talked about earlier, um, you're working on another certification, right? <laughs> yeah, well, because I have like a, I have like five or six more coaching certifications when it comes to like skiing and snowboarding specifically. Right. And actively working on another skiing coaching through the Olympic Committee, the U.S. Uh, ski and snowboard through the USA skiing and snowboarding. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm working on, that. but then like my next ones in my roster, I guess you could say, are like my children's fitness specialist and my fitness nutrition specialist are the next two that I want to get uh, down the road. And again, it's because I want to learn the material and the best way to do that I've felt is forcing myself to actually be in a, a program to do it because right. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so today's episode, as you know, is called ramp. Um, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but a few years ago, like, you and I were working out together and you introduced me to ramp and I didn't actually like start using it until a year or two after that. But I noticed like once I started implementing ramp, um, my workouts like changed and it, uh, it helped uh, tremendously. So, so what, what is ramp exactly? Well, so first ramp was actually developed by somebody named Ian Jeffries and he, he has his PhD in some type of exercise science related field. Uh, he has more credentials and certifications and letters behind his name than I could possibly count. <laughs> and he developed the thing called RAMP. And it's this uh, warm up protocol that focuses more on the structure of a warm up rather than the specific things you do in a warm up. Um, and so I could get you know, when you're, when you want, we could get super in depth into it, but like overall the, the point of ramp is that 
instead of like, okay, now you have to do this stretch and then this stretch and then that stretch, you know, like very regimented as like the military has, for instance, we both experienced that, Right. you know, ramp is more of like a guideline and a structure. And if you can stick to the structure, then you're going to have like positive results from it. Right. So yeah. What like each section, cause I remember it's rise, activate, mobilize and potentiate. Right. Yeah. But, so each, uh, each step and can you just kind of walk us through maybe like a warm up example and like each, each step. I get, well, so, so first I'll just like say what each of them mean, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the rise portion and ramp is basically you're increasing your muscle temperature, your core temperature, your blood flow, uh, your muscle elasticity, um, your neural activation. And that's just a bunch of fancy words to say, get your body real warm. And, you know, your muscles are like rubber bands. And mm-hmm. so you want to stretch a cold rubber band. You want to stretch a warm one. Right. You know? And then the neural activation is basically kind of helping that brain to muscle pathway. You know, you're telling your body, hey, we're about to start exercising. Get ready. So gotcha. that's the rise portion. Um you know, I, my preference is the row machine. I love that. But, you know, running, jogging, biking, jump roping, uh, you know, if you're like, you know, I started out doing like martial arts. So like shadow boxing or hitting the punching bag, whatever happens to be, those are all things that can rise, that can work for the rise portion. You know, okay. they raise that core temperature, they raise your muscle temperature they allow your muscles to kind of start getting prepped to work. And about how long should you do the rise portion? And again, it just, it really depends on how long you have for a warm up. You know, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the ideal warm up is going to be 15 to 20 minutes long. Yeah. If we're being, you know, realistic, you know, like I've had, you know, coaching sessions or personal training sessions, because I'm a personal trainer as well. And, you know, I have an hour with the client total. So we're not going to spend 20 minutes warming up because that's just not a, you know, we don't have that time. Mm -hmm. So it could be shorter. A quick rise could be a two minute jog or a two minute row. I tell people I shoot for five minutes, but being realistic, sometimes that's just not possible. So for my rise portion, I might just do two minutes of rowing or three minutes, right? Whatever happens to yeah, I, I think the easiest way to gauge Oh, sorry. You're good. But I think the easiest way to gauge it for rise is are you breathing heavy and are you physically warmer than you were? Mm-hmm. And if you can say both of those, you probably have done the rise portion. Like gotcha. probably, Yeah. Yeah, I have noticed that um if I uh, skip out a little bit on the warm up. If it's like an only five or 10 minute warm up, I notice like my body just doesn't feel as good um, going into like lifts, like your strength lifts. Like yeah. if I spend 15 to 20 minutes, like on a solid warm up and like my heart rate's up and I'm feeling like loose, um, I feel just much better going into my like core lifts. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and then after rise comes the activate. And activate and mobilize, really, you kind of do at the same time. Mm-hmm. Activate is just you're engaging the muscles that are going to be used. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go in there and do squats, you're engaging your leg muscles and your glutes and maybe your lower back a little or whatever. And if mm-hmm. your activities that you're going to go play a sport, you're going to engage the muscles that are used in that sport. You know, and mobilize, 
is just a little bit more narrow, and that is the movement patterns of the activity you're about to do. So you'll see uh, if, again, we'll use the squat as an example. If you're just going to go lift weights, your activate and mobilize could be doing a variety of different squat and lunge patterns, uh, mm -hmm. maybe a couple hops in here and there uh, to actually just start using the muscles that you're going to use in the session. Is it like three sets of 10, a light, light weight or? I don't even take it that serious. I mean, some people do and you can, you know, if you want to do three sets of 10 air squats, that's totally fine. Um, you know, but I don't, it doesn't need to be quite so regimented for that warm up. you know? So if you're lifting session today is you're doing the quote unquote leg day, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do, I'm going to do some lunges across the floor. I'm going to do some air squats. I might do uh, maybe a couple kettlebell swings or something a little bit more active, you know, mm -hmm. nothing crazy heavy, uh, nothing like that. Uh, what you're starting to talk about with those warm-up sets is really when you get into the potentiate part. Gotcha. And that the easiest way to understand potentiate is, or potentiation, if you want, is you're increasing the intensity of what you're doing to the actual uh, intensity that you're going to either be competing or training at. Okay. So, you know, when we go to ramp total, after you've done the rise and your core temperature's up, now you're activating and mobilizing. So you're doing squat patterns, hip hinge movements, lunges, whatever it happens to be. Um, and then now the potentiate could be your warm-up sets. You know, let's say you're doing a bunch of sets at 225 on squat. So your potentiate for like your actual lifting session. So mm -hmm. your potentiate could be doing some at 90, doing a few at 95, doing a few at 135, and then a few at 185. And now you're ready. You've you that's your potentiation phase, is what that is. Okay. If you got more like sports specific, if you look at like an NFL team or something, that's when they're out there running drills and the quarterback's sprinting and throwing the football and the receiver's sprinting down the field and catching it. Right. Um, that's their potentiation phase is now they're actually doing the sport specific work and they're getting they're increasing the intensity. So that when you actually quote unquote play whether that be in the weight room or actually like a, a sport, um, your body's like ready for that. Cause you don't want to go from stop to sprint. Right. Right. So it's almost like a, yeah. a work, a workout in itself already. Like it's a warm up. Oh, like absolutely. When you get to potentiation and stuff, it's like you're working out at that point. Oh yeah. And even activate and mobilize. Like I love, no matter what I'm doing, I love doing real deep unweighted overhead squats so whether that just be a broomstick or a PVC pipe or, you know, whatever it has to be and just really deep pushing that range of motion while doing an overhead squat, I pretty much do that no matter what I'm doing. If it's a sport or if it's a lifting session or, you know, a, a CrossFit style workout, whatever it happens to be. Right. Uh, that's, I just, that's one of my personal favorites, but yeah. Yeah. yeah you okay. very much are the warm up part of the workout and that's what i think a lot of people forget yeah. is that you know the workout includes the warm-up and that's kind of what ramp is there for is to help you do the warm-up yeah to force you to do have, have, you, follow -up. have you personally seen um the effects of what like a solid warm-up can do for a performer big time <laughs> yeah like, we're yeah, at absolutely i the clearest example 
and it, this might help, especially because I assume a lot of people that listen to this are, are military or military affiliated. Mm-hmm. Um, the clearest example is the army PT test. I used to have soldiers who would fail the PT test and I had them come in with me. We didn't do any extra working out, nothing. We just came into the gym a half an hour before the PT test. And I took them through a very thorough ramp session, so to speak. We went and they passed the PT test. First time ever. Really? Um, I remember one guy to me with the most shocked look on his face. And he was like, I can't believe. He was like, that's the best PT test I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. You should warm up every time now. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of, it's kind of backwards though. Cause I noticed when I started doing, uh, ramp like consistently i would almost feel like it would be counterintuitive to my lifts because you feel like you're tired by the time you actually get to your lifts but in reality in in reality like my legs like say if i was doing squats um i would feel better getting like increasing my weight and even though i was already kind of tired i could actually lift more and um just better form and everything Oh, absolutely. Well, and it's, it is counterintuitive. A lot of people look at it that you're wasting energy. Yeah. Um, But how is, you know, your muscle glycogen, as you use it, it depletes, but then it will actually rebuild stronger than it was when you started. Same with like your creatine phosphate. And that's what's used. You know, if you're doing heavy squats, you're not really using um, your aerobic system at all. You're pretty much using creatine as your main energy energy source when you are doing big heavy squats for like a set of three and it's called anaerobic phosphorization but the point is for that is like yes you want to use it so that way it kind of rebuilds itself as you go and obviously there comes the point where it stops rebuilding itself more because you don't have unlimited amount of glycogen muscles you know sugar so to speak to give you energy um but that warm-up allows your body to start that process and allows it to start using it. And that's why, yeah, you might, you might be, you should, you know, after a good warm-up, you're going to be sweating and you're going to be breathing heavy um, and you're going to be hot. And that, yeah. you know, you get to that point, that's a sign that you're ready to start working out or competing <laughs> with your game or whatever it happens to be. Right. Then you're finally ready to start working out after you yeah, get done working. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. Yeah. Um, Kind of, I guess to wrap up these last few things, there's just a couple questions I had for you. Um, what's like a positive impact on your life from obtaining all these certifications and like doing all these experiences and whatnot? Uh, one has been job opportunities for sure. I mean, I've picked up personal training jobs and coaching jobs and everything under the sun when it comes to that kind of stuff. And so it's very easy to attain those things when you have a lot of credentials behind you um, because, you know, it just looks good, so to speak. You know, it also helps, most importantly, though, is it helps me with my own life because uh, I understand the importance of exercise. And especially uh, when you're someone like me who does a lot of action sports and crashes a lot and gets injured from time to time from those crashes, you know, proper strength and conditioning is the best way to not only recover from injuries, but also to prevent them. You know, I've definitely taken some hard spin mountain biking that should have resulted in broken bones, but they haven't. And I equate it to my strength and conditioning uh, protocols I do. Right. You know, and 
Yeah. So I'd say as far as life goes, it's that for sure. And I love coaching, you know, and it's helped me when I've gone to learn to be, to do my skiing uh, coaching certifications, you know, the professional ski instructors of America has a really good coaching program. They take people through, but having all of this background in it, it makes it relatively easy comparatively, you know, don't get me wrong. I still have to like learn the skiing specific stuff, but as far anatomy physiology biomechanics all of that goes it's all the same the body moves regardless of what sport you're doing relatively the same you know right <laughs> pushing something yeah. over your head is pushing something over your head regardless if you're in buds lifting a raft up or you're in the gym doing overhead press or you're in martial arts and you're throwing someone you know like right it's still movement yeah, yeah. Um, so just knowing movement patterns and how that works just helps uh, holistic joint health and muscle health and bone health. It's great. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, just kind of, no, I agree. That's awesome. Uh, but transitioning to um, you, you and grandpa kind of like inspired me to do this like whole uh, podcast thing. Cause I know you have a ton of side projects for life on lucky street. Um, so what are those projects now and what, what are your plans? Well, so life on Lucky street is definitely one that's still out there. And that was started when I was building out the motor home. Um, and then it was continued when I was in the van and now it's just my Instagram handle and I want to pick it back up eventually with other stuff. Uh, but that one's kind of hold another project I've been doing and it hasn't been, there's no, it hasn't been released to the public yet. It's completely on my computer is uh, because I've been teaching myself uh, computer programming lately as kind of another side thing. And so I built from the ground up an entire website that's a blog using nothing but raw coding. And it's called Learning to Lucky Street. And so (laughs) it's all about Lucky Street stuff too. Can we just integrate? Can I just integrate the podcast on that site then? (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's, That's the goal. Yeah. And, you know, and then I have... Uh, my other side project, which I called Backyard Training Solutions, um, and that I have as the logo still was uh, the Lucky Street Incorporated or whatever you want to call it. You know, I like it. You know, that's, that's the eventual goal, you know, because I still do like a lot of personal training and nutrition counseling on the side. I work with some like competitive skiers here in the area and I do fitness programming for them right. and whatnot. And it's all virtual. I'll just like I am with you on Zoom. And I'll talk over some workout programs and diet stuff. So, you know, Lucky Street kind of is going all over the place with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of what makes it fun, too. It is. It's fun. That's why I was excited. Yeah, that you were doing a Lucky Street thing. I was like, oh, that's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, cool, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for agreeing to do this. I know you're super busy with uh, – life and whatnot and getting married and school and all that stuff but i appreciate you taking the time uh do you have any parting words for the listeners well you know just uh anything's possible when you live on lucky street hey that's right (laughs) i like it (laughs) all right we'll talk to you later all right thanks